0: So what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. I am back again today doing the follow up from last week's episode. This is in regards to the good old Aptella choosing JT Houston to underwrite their IPO. Now, remember, IPO, it be an initial public offering. Guys, what we need to understand more is how these different types of letters and these different types of things are actually broken down. So, what you're gonna do here, I'm gonna present you some information right now. Okay, you're, gonna, you're going to listen to the initial uh, negotiation, right? And you're going to tick or check mark the things that they discuss. Now, we have five things. One, bank account. Two, choice of exchange. Three, initial share price. Four, timescale of the IPO. And of course, five, type of commitment, okay? And then after that, you have three discussion questions, which I'm going to discuss with you. A, why are Abtella unhappy with the discount JT Houston offers? B, what solution do they offer to JT Houston? So basically what's gonna happen is JT Houston is going to offer Abtella a discount, but then, what's the solution or what solution does Aptella offer to JT Houston? And then the last one, why do Aptella question JT Houston's estimate of share value? There's a lot that's going to be discussed in here. So again, what we have to do is just honestly just like Break it down, let it marinate, let it soak, and understand what is going down. So, you might need to take some notes just as I'm going to be taking some notes, and then we're going to go from there. All right. So, what I'm going to hurry up and do is, of course, a screen share so that you guys hear what I hear. And we're going to break this down in its entirety. Now, remember the bank discount, choice of exchange, initial share price, time scale of the IPO, and type of commitment, right? Two people. J.T. Houston and Aptella, Are you guys ready to dive in? Because I am.
1: Track 20. So have you finalized the amount
2: you're looking to raise? Yes, as we discussed, we're looking for 150
1: million euro. Okay, that's great. A relatively small issue then.
2: Yes, that's what we need for the short term. And we can always raise more later.
1: That's absolutely true. So we'd be happy to fund this on a firm commitment, which means we'll buy all the equity off you and resell it in the market. We reckon we can sell most of this to institutional investors, insurance companies and so on, as there's quite a lot of interest. And we'd be looking for a discount of 11%. Uh,
2: Yes, we were wondering about that. It seems a little high.
1: Well, it is our standard offer. I know you were probably offered lower, but our competitors don't have our muscle in your sector.
2: Yes, that's why we chose you. But it does feel a little on the high side. Is there anything we could do with fees? How do you mean? Well, it's not the total amount we're worried about. It's the amount of equity we'd have to give up in order to achieve the capital we're after. I mean... We would have to sell more shares than we planned if we give you 11%. If we could reduce the discount and make up your loss of income in fees, that would be great.
1: I'm not sure about that, but we can look at it. Can I get back to you on that? No problem. Okay, let's move on to pricing. This will have to be worked out in greater detail, but based on our analysis, we feel a face value of 15 euro a share would be about right.
2: Well, we did our own analysis. We actually had an accounting consultancy look at things. They've come up with a different
1: price. Really? I haven't seen that.
2: We sent it over this morning. Maybe it didn't arrive in time for the meeting.
1: Okay. I'll chase that up. Maybe you could just run me through their findings. Well, they think, based on our business growth potential,
2: something around 25 euro would be more
1: appropriate. Well, we're happy to look at that, but I do need to say the price would increase our risk. So if that's the price we float at, we might need to think about syndication.
2: You mean sharing the risk with other banks?
1: Yes, that's right. How would you feel about that?
2: Well, on the surface, it wouldn't be a problem. But we'd need more information about potential partners. Of
1: course. It'll depend on the final valuation. But we'll get your agreement on everything if that's the way we decide to go. But let's leave that for now and talk about...
0: Wow! So, you know, to be honest with you... It's a little sketchy how they're doing business. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing business with, uh, let me get back to you. Uh, I don't know about that. Let's talk about that. Let's move on. No, 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 no. Let's not move on. Can we go back and see exactly what is being said? Because to be honest with you, what I'm going to have to do is record everything. And when I walk out of there, I'm going to be like, Oh man, I don't feel good at all about that meeting. See, first they started off with obviously the one hundred and fifty million in regards to the short term, and then they could, you know, they have the potential to raise more later. Um, you know, the firm stance in terms of buying all, reselling, you know. Um, and then he said the fees would be at eleven percent. The guy was like, "Yeah, about that." You know, to be honest with you, these fees are pretty high. You know, and it's going to basically buy, you know, like slash their profits and stuff like that. So then, you know, he said, how about, you know, fees and stuff like that? And he's like, okay, well, let me look into that. I'll get back to you on that. And then they went into the price per share. I believe it was per share. And the guy said 15 euro. But then this guy under oath from an accountancy accountancy agency said that it could be priced at as much as 25 euro. And it's like, dude, that's almost like a 100% jump. Like, what is your accountancy agency? You know, how can I get in touch with them, et cetera, et cetera. But then they moved into syndication. And then he's like, oh yeah, about that. Oh, you know, uh, there's going to be other potential buyers and other potential partners, partners involved. And I'm like, listen, those are like three red strikes. I don't even know if you can make strikes red, but I would be very uncomfortable going forward with, with that. Because first and foremost, you guys didn't even agree on the 11%. Next thing you know, 15 versus 25-year-old, that's almost a 100 swing, a 100% swing. And then have the potential partners who I don't even know, who I possibly, you know, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know if they were doing it for the best interest of me. And this is why I would be a little bit nervous. So again, why is Aptella unhappy with it? They just think it's too expensive. You know, and then Aptella Tell a question and JT Houston estimates, you know, share value, it's because they just don't even know to begin with. And so when you're delaying decisions, it's always very, very difficult because guess what? They were going to move into the second part of the conversation with three uncertainties. I mean, how uh, listen, you're still, your mind is still going to be on the first uncertainty. So how are you going to be mentally capable to make a firm decision on the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth? Because by the time you leave the meeting, you're going to go back home to a whole bunch of fuckery. Like, oh my God, what just happened? I don't feel comfortable about this. This sounds like a very, very big risk to begin with. I don't know if this is how they do it to begin with, you know, how they do these types of meetings, but I would not feel comfortable at all. So in terms of Delaying a decision, it does give you the opportunity to go back and to think about it. Remember, I told you guys about the whole job thing after I had that interview with her, and I was like, Whoa, 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 it's not so much about my ego, but you need me now more than I need you. And so, after that, I'm like, Hey, to be honest with you, I'm good. I really don't want to deal with you anymore. And then I blocked her email, you know what I mean? So, when I have things, and I like using the term marinate, meaning going back home. And just just sitting on it, and just sitting on it, and asking myself, okay, how do I feel about what happened? What can I do better? And then we'll go from there. Because, I mean, this is what's really good about delaying decisions. But to be honest with you, that uncertainty going into the next phase is already bad. So when you're making offers, man, it, you know, it just seems like it was. And you guys are gonna hear a lot of this, especially in season eight and season nine, uh, in regards to how people react. It just feels too mechanical. It feels like they're, it feels like both of them have a hidden agenda is what I feel. So that's why it's really good to raise those concerns, right? Or suggest changes. Now raising the concern saying, you know what, I think that's a little too high. I was thinking this. But then when you're thinking this and the guy says, oh, okay, I'll look back on you on that because he's not the last one that has a decision. Somebody else does and You don't even know who that someone else is. That's scary. That is very scary. So again, talking about possible changes to terms, that means, guess what? There could be a potential other partner involved who you don't even know, and you don't even know if they're going to have it in the best interest of you. And this is the difficulties of not merging. We're going to be talking about merging and acquisitions in the next episode. But this is the difficulties of finding investors. It really is. And so that's why I'm very fortunate that I don't Have to, you know, go. You know, I'm not in this position to for that to happen to me. I feel very, very comfortable knowing that. Oh man, if someone came in here and tried buying and doing this and doing that, I would be terrified because I'd be like, you know what? No, thank you. And luckily, you know, me having my own, you know, individual, I'm an individual sole proprietor. This is my own online business, you know, that whereas the only other people I would just come in contact with are people who I would probably hire on. And then I would have to put them through a program to train them so that they could coach just like me. You see what I mean? So when you're going into the whole IPO and and you have a business and you're trying to find investors, kind of like that ridiculous show on, you know, in America called Shark Tank and England, I believe it's in England too. And hearing those investors treat people the way they do and ask all these questions and, like push them to the brink and stuff like that. I just feel like people should be better than that. You don't need investors like that. That's a good way to get your product out there, you know, to other investors who may be watching the show. But to be honest with you, I mean, I just feel like it's just a little bit too sketchy. So I don't know. I would love to hear some of your uh, opinions about this. By the way, I got in contact. Big shout out to Daniel from Brazil. He is head of sales of a international company, deals with people um, I believe in Denmark, Spain, New York, and Brazil. He is the head of everything. And I'm hoping to bring him onto my business English podcast to discuss a number of different things. That will be amazing to have an amazing interview in regards to everything that I spoke about, you know, in regards to sales at the beginning of this year. And I'm so excited about that. So let's see what happens. But nonetheless, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned for more. We're going to be heading into maybe three or maybe max four, about four more episodes of the investment podcast, and then that's going to be the end. So again, right now I have corporate finance, I have logistics, and I have supply chain and management. If you guys follow me on my ESL podcast or you follow me on LinkedIn, because a lot of you are reaching out to me on LinkedIn, tell me which English for academic purposes type of you know, segment you would like me to dive into next, okay? Because remember, every Monday, I'm going to be doing this. So in saying that, whether you're in logistics, whether you're in this or that, whichever one has the most votes is the one that gets it. So let me know. And until then, people, thanks for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. Stay tuned for more over and out.